Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, good morning. I'm glad you're here. And uh, just to start things off, I just need to confess some things. Um, now, I love Christmas time and, and all the beauty that surrounds it, uh, and especially during the season. Uh, and, and I love Easter as well. Uh, truly, there's nothing more amazing uh, because of everything we celebrate during this season. Uh, and then there's the anniversaries, right, with our family and birthdays and with my, with my children and family. Uh, but I just love this time of the year. I have to be completely honest. Uh, there's nothing better than March Madness, uh, in my opinion. And, and, and I know some of you could care less about this, but man, I really get going during March Madness. Uh, it, it's, it's simply amazing uh, seeing and hearing and watching the impossible for some teams become possible, right? Uh, for the little guy to become possible. Uh, and as far as, as long as I can remember, uh, probably uh, to my college days, uh, uh, the Thursday and Friday of this week, I just sort of get this sickness, uh, really. It just takes me out. And the only cure is to be able to watch TV and watch these basketball games and eat hot wings and drink Mountain Dew. That's the only cure. Uh, so, you know, it's just those things. And especially when your team wins, it makes it even life better. And I'm not going to let you know who my team is, but let's just say they're still winning. And so uh, it's, it's fun. And I mean, come on, think about it. You know, what is, what is your thing? Here we are in the middle of March, right? One day you get eight inches of snow, and the next thing you know, you're mowing your grass at the end of the week. I mean, we're, welcome to Kentucky, right? And, 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 and it's, it's neat to watch a 16 seed take out a number one, which if you don't know, that has never happened before since the inception of this big thing called March Madness. We could get free pizza. There you go. I mean, it's just nuts. You know, somebody made a good wager on that one. Uh, I, I did see there was a wager placed the other day, and I know we don't gamble here, but I saw the, the I saw, I saw, maybe some days I wish to play, but anyways, uh, you know, I saw someone made a little small bet on the 16th seed, and they won $18,000. I'm like, good Lord, this is, where's that in the offering plate? Anyways, you know, uh, it's fun to think about the impossible, right? It's fun to think about the impossible, especially when you consider the source right? Because it's always possible if the source is right. And I know many people, when they look in the mirror, when they see that source, they think of some things. And today, we're going to dive into that. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started off with this man in the mirror, and I'm asking you, you know, to, to, to what? To change his ways, right? And no message could be any clearer. And if you want to make the world a better place, right, I'll take a look at yourself, and then I'll make a change. That's Michael Jackson's version, right? Uh, now, I know Michael would be proud of my singing version, but, but we're not talking about that. What we really are hoping to see is change, though. We're really praying and hoping that change takes place through one thing, the author of life, and his name is Jesus. And when we do that, we're going to see changed lives that literally change lives. But you have to figure out who the source is. And see, in week one, we talk about that the only thing that really matters is that you're appointed. And, 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 I, and if you see that Jesus has appointed you, that's all that really matters in week one. In week two, we talked about it. You know, James last week talked about what it looks like to look in the mirror and see a distorted image. And sometimes if we're honest and we look inwardly at the image, sometimes religion distorts the truth to something that's completely unrecognizable. And unfortunately, I know a lot of people, especially in the culture that we live in, where we work, live, and play in this, this realm of the world, we get caught up in a lot of that simply because that's what we've been taught. And then next week 
if you come back, um, we're going to talk about labels. Now, I remember a couple weeks ago, and maybe it was more like a month ago, that's when my mind works, but there was labels everywhere across this altar. And we said there was this one label that matters, that you were a daughter and a, and, a, and a son of the one true king, that you're worthy. And people traded in their label of who they thought they were, and they laid that label down. And, but hey, we're going to talk about what a new label is in Jesus when, when you surrender, because the old is gone and the new is here. And I pray you, you come and connect with that next week, because I think that that week will set us up for what's to come during Easter. And, and I pray that because it, it, it can change lives. Simply, that's, that's, that's what I want to say. I believe that it can change lives. It has the trajectory to change somebody's course. And so if you know somebody that needs to be here next week, as you begin to contemplate, I pray that you invite them. Don't wait to Easter to invite, like Jeff said. You know, go ahead and start loving on them now and invest into them now because I promise you there's people looking for hope. They're looking for something. And more importantly, they're just looking for someone to listen and if you can develop that relationship, I promise you, if you talk about Jesus more than anything else, especially for the confession here, if you, if you love basketball, you're going to lean into basketball. If you love this, you're going to lean into that. Or if you, if you love American Idol or The Voice or whatever it is, you talk about that, I promise you, if you just switch the gears and talk about Jesus and trust the source, it will change everything. So, However, today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what the source is all about. And when we look into the mirror, I believe we have to consider the source, right? Uh, and I think if we can just be honest and just look into this one, um, let's, let's talk about the weather for a second. You know, when you deal with the weather and you're, if you work outside, if you're a farmer, if you have anything, baseball or soccer, stuff's coming up. When you deal with the weather and it says it's supposed to be like 65 degrees and sunny and then it, and it, the next day it's just raining and thunderstorms and everything else or there's eight inches of snow on the ground. What is your source, right? Is this the three degree guarantee that we typically get or we, do we get blindsided by the source, a lot of us, you know, we, we look, if we just look into basketball, and we got, some, we got a bunch of basketball exports up here, right? Who picked 16 over one, by the way? Did anybody, did you get your source right? Or did you just trust that everybody was going to, that number one was going to go all the way through? See, a lot of people just think they know everything about that, and they, their, their source is so good. Oh, you got to pick this team because they're really, really good, and, and you circle them. But in your back of your mind, you're like, I really love golden retrievers, and so you wanted to circle it, but you didn't. You trusted the source of somebody else. You know, what about the source of the famous last lines of just what? Trust me. How'd that one work out for you? Right? It all depends on who the source is. What if you got caught up in a gossip circle and you didn't even know it, but the next thing you know, you, you're spreading false information because the source was wrong in the first place. Anybody been there, been there? Come on. I mean, I have. And we get caught up and we don't even know what the true source is. And we've, we've, we've gone down a road that's literally not healthy, not just for us, but others. Now, what if it's a salesman or, or that category? Let's just keep on pushing this one. I, I mean, if you're a car salesman, I'm, I'm sorry. But us car salesmen are really particular in this. They're the source, right? They're, this is the best deal I got for you. And you find out that's really not true, Right? Or, you know, it's any type of sales, it's just interesting because the source is probably, you know, this is the one-time deal ever, or get this bed, whatever, and then there's the next week, there's a better bill. It just makes no sense. The source. And you get bent out of shape over your source, and so the next thing you know, you, you don't trust nearly as much as you once did because the source. And I think a lot of us, we don't even know what the source means anymore. You're so dependent upon who you are, and that's it. 
And I don't think that's what Jesus wants from us today. When you think about the word source, when you look into this mirror, when you intently look into this mirror, and you're completely honest with you, no one else, who is that in the mirror? If you can answer that question, who is that in that mirror? And who do you place your source into? Can you answer it confidently today? Would you hear something still, small voice that's saying, I am? Or would you hear something saying, you are? Would you hear the voice of, I am? Or would you confidently say, I am? I am. And see, a lot of us, we struggle with that one. But who is the source? But who is the source for you? Is it a source that can be trusted? Or can it not? You see, I think in order for, for us to move forward in life with Jesus at the center, and if we're truly are going to point back to him in everything and live a life worthy that can multiply outward and become fully devoted to who Jesus is, then we must ask this question. We have to ask this question. To know who the man in the mirror really is, I must consider the source. I must consider the source. And a lot of us... We don't even want to deal with that because we just want to keep on moving forward. And we just trust who we are. And I don't think that's what Jesus asked us to do. And see, that's why religion sort of distorts some things. Because we get bent out of shape over some things and we just allow that to become the truth. And we know that Jesus appointed us, but we really don't really trust him with everything. Where we work, live, and play. You see, if I truly want to know who the man in the mirror is, we have to ask this tough question. And here's why. If we are honest, some of us say that God is my source and and we post about it. I, I see more posts about God all the time, but then I know what they're going through. And I'm like, you're lying. You know, you're not being truthful with me. You're not being truthful with the world. That's why we, we, we literally on Facebook, we show the best and we hide the rest, don't we? Come on. Has anybody been there and done that this week? We post things that we don't even believe in just because it's the popular thing to do. Or we'll say a scripture because that's the thing we were trained to do. You really don't put your faith in that scripture, but you just say it anyway. Because you've been taught that's what we do. You see, I think one of the things that I've learned over time is, 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 is that we have to trust into him greater to see change. We have to go into him deeper in order for us to to be molded in his image. In John chapter 3, verse 30, it says, we must decrease so he can what? Increase. And that is so hard, isn't it? Because some of you are really good. You're really, really good. You're good at what you do. You're good at how you present yourself, what you look like, how you roll through a normal week. And you look at that mirror and go, that's right. Don't you? And you even, you gauge yourself by what you look like in the week. I know some of you are like, I don't feel good today, but I look good. Right? And that, that can go across the board in everything that we say and do. But it says in Scripture that we must decrease so he can increase and he can become the complete source in everything. And that is so hard because when we look in that mirror, 
The three different things that typically revolve around are all us. And we have been looking into the book of Galatians, and that's found in the Bible, in, in the second half of your Bible, Old Testament, right, New Testament. But we're looking in the New Testament, and, and it's, a, it's the book of Galatians, right? Uh, and it's a letter, actually, Galatians chapter 1. And we're just going to camp out and continue this journey in Galatians chapter 1. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to it. If you've got your U version, turn that thing on. Uh, the words will be behind me, but more importantly, I just pray that you're connecting to your word daily. And if you need a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. We give those away freely. So if you need one on the way out, grab one, please. But in, in, in Galatians, the source of the, of the Apostle Paul's letter, he's basically clarifying to the world that he, he is his source. And he writes this because he knew that who his true source of life was, and, and he could not stop talking about it because it impacted his life so much because his one life was changed, and he wanted to see others' lives changed around him. With his last breath, he wanted to go out screaming to the world, Jesus changed his life. And so, however, what we know is if we consider Paul or we look at Saul's life, right, same guy, the source of his past, the source of his past may tell him who he's supposed to be. Now, if you consider that for just a second, if you look in that mirror, most of us gauge it because of where we've been. We look backwards and we say, ah, I can't do certain things because of my past. I just want to encourage you this moment that that's Satan lying to you, whispering in your ear. Even this week, I've had some conversations, and it's just it's interesting to me to hear people's, how they say these things. And they, but they sit there and say, I trust Jesus. That's challenging to me because there's, there's an old song that says there's no turning back because I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no, the old is gone. There's no turning back. I'm looking forward because I've decided to follow Jesus. And if that's your real source, there is no looking back. It's only looking forward. You see, the source of his past may tell him, the Apostle Paul, who he's supposed to be. And that would have been horrible because if you know his storyline, he was a Christian killing machine. I say that quite often, but the truth of the matter is he was. He killed Christians. And at the same time, he could have looked at those who, who are new in his life and lived a righteous life and thinking he was above everybody else by looking into the same mirror, right? It's kind of interesting the same mirror has two different results. And they might just tell him who he is and live above everybody because that's who he thinks he is. But Paul listened to the source who changed his life, who changed his life, which in return changed thousands, if not millions. Now, we think Billy Graham changed a lot of people's lives, and he, he did. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. But we have no way to even begin to fathom how many lives the Apostle Paul changed because of his one life, went all in, and he trusted the source. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, if you got it, he starts it off this way. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I want you, so he's talking to me, you, I want you to understand that the gospel message, the gospel's right here, it's good news, right? It's what we're talking about. I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. Meaning, basically, it's, it's not just a concept that I, would, I just want to share. This, this, is, this is something way more. I want to, I want to talk about this. I want, I want to explore more of it, how, how it, can, it can literally change more people's lives. It's, it's not based on me. 
It has nothing to do really with me, but it really has to do with something greater than me. In verse 12, it says, I received my message from no human source. What was that word again? From no human what? Oh, come on, y'all weak this morning. No human what? No human source. There's nobody that has taught me this stuff. There's nobody that has literally breathed this stuff over me. It, 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 it has come from some, what, what, where's it coming from then? It says no one has taught me. Instead, what does it say? I received it directly, revelation from who? Jesus Christ. Instead, I received it. I received it. You see, in John chapter 1, verse 12, this is what I have found out in the culture that we live in. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, you must receive in order to believe to become a child of the one true king. In the culture that we live in, in the culture that we call home, what I notice is a lot of churches skip the R word. They skip the receive, and they just say, come on down, just believe in Jesus, you're good to go, so you believe, and then you're a child of the one true king. If Jesus himself says the only way you fully understand who I am and you fully can, 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 can really understand the gravity of why it's so important for you to look in this mirror and understand that I am the true source of everything. I am the, I am the what? I am the, the, the tree and you are the vine. Like, he literally says you have to what? Receive in order to believe to become a child of the king. And what we notice right here, he says one thing. He says, I received it. I received it. Received what? Received what? He received the source, the power of the Holy Spirit, the beautiful moment when that beautiful moment was just seeing the beautiful, beautiful, the beautiful moment when Jesus literally allowed him to understand what he's truly believing in, and it changed his whole life. He was now a child of the one true king. And I feel like most people think it, it, if I never get taught this, I can't go out and do this. It's okay, so I just, I just don't know enough, right, to go share, or, or I need to share of the life change that Jesus has created in me or you, and, and, and I just don't know what that means, and I don't know how to, to really go out and do this, and so therefore I'm not going to do it. And the real reason is because you never received it in the first place. You just were taught. But those who literally... If you follow in Paul's footprints, it literally can change everything when you receive it, direct revelation from Jesus. And when you're in that relationship with Jesus, you know what's right and you know what's wrong and you know what we should share and how we should share it. And Because it's this love that's really, if we use these shirts in the background, this love that's built in you that can change lives. And I think for us today, we need to consider these things. If you're taking notes, this is the first thing I would encourage you to take a note on. I want you to consider this. If you look in this mirror, consider, am I the source? When something does not go your way, or maybe it goes your way all the time, have you ever noticed we don't make the best decisions all the time as, as a human? We, we don't make the best choices in life a lot of the days. And that's because we're a really bad source, but we think we're really good. I, if we're really honest, I'm not a really good source for me. And here's why. We think we are way better than we are some days, right? And, and some days we think we're way worse than we really are. 
And last week, we discussed that in some ways, how religion distorts this truth in us. From what James said last week, I, if, if, we, if I don't do all the bad things or if I cut back using some of those things and we, if we look at this way or if we don't do those, you know, it makes me good or bad. But that's me controlling my heart and my source. Have you ever heard this phrase? You just have to follow your, yeah. You just have to follow what? Your heart. You see, even the wisest man that ever lived knew not to trust his own heart. You know, David in the Psalms, Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. And I think the reason why he was so wise is he knew when he looked into the mirror and constantly asked for God to clean his heart, to renew it daily, because that's the only way he can survive day after day. When we look into the mirror daily, what do you ask for? Do you ask for God to clean your heart? Or do you ask for what? See, we cannot be the source for ourselves as followers of Jesus. Because it's not the wise thing to do. And it never will be. And it'll never work out. And the next thing I want you to consider and look at is, consider this, is, is someone else. Is someone else your source? Is someone else the source? And see, over the years, I think we're taught at a very young age to, to look at others. And if you can go back with me to grade school, I, I know my wife's a school teacher, and, and I know there's teachers in here, but we, we actually do this to some of the kids. And everyone look at little Johnny over here. He's doing it what? Good. And so we start to compare and contrast Everything towards Johnny. And, oh, let's line up like Jill. Everybody look at Jill. She's doing exactly what we're supposed to do. And now, you know, wait a minute. Here's the group of people that just don't ever get in trouble. Just do what they do. And so you start to mimic or you start to reflect everything that these guys are doing and saying, I mean, that's not very healthy. When we have a measuring stick that's, that's someone else, the source. When you look in that mirror, if I could just look like that girl. Or that guy. But the truth is, 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 is that we measure up to others because we want to fit in, don't we? We want to be a part of that group or we desire to look differently. And I feel like the church over time, if we're completely honest, and, and if you fall into this category, I just want to say as a pastor, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I know this is true. The church has looked into some people's lives, especially outsiders, and they look at them and say, hey, man, you can't come in today because you don't fit in. You don't look like us. You don't smell like us. You don't dress like us. Just, just sit out there, and we'll, we'll be out in a minute. Some of you know my story, but the truth is I've actually been a, I was, I was actually a witness to this, and it broke my heart when I saw at the foot steps of a church, hey, is that the best you got today? Because he wore a tattered blue jean. The guy never came back. It broke my heart because I was working with him and loving on him, and he was a part of my life, but he never stepped foot in the church again, not while I was around him. I hope later on he has in life, but at that day and time, he never went back and didn't care to, and I don't blame him. You see, I, I think really, honestly, 
the way I read and understand the scriptures, is the only reason is why the church really exists in the first place is for those people who need to change, right? Otherwise, we're just all looking intently on how we look and not considering those people's lives on the outside because we have a message we need to proclaim, and that's why we gather in the first place to let people know that there is a hope that can create change in their lives, and we need to be inviting them in like crazy because they need to have the same hope that we have. But yet we sit, we sit, and we look at the mirror, and we contemplate a lot about us. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't stop examining on our own heart because we, Scripture is full of that. It says we need, we need to check our motives. We need to look into our, our heart. Creating me a clean heart, God. But I am saying is, is when we look at our body, we really need to be about the mirror that says all is welcome here. You, you can belong here. And when we allow someone else to have the power of the source, what we're actually saying is we give you approval of telling me who I am. You fill in the blank. You're good enough. You're bad enough. Why do we do that? Why do we allow other people to tell us who we are when, when God himself says, man, I, I've already created you. You're, you're beautiful. You're, you're created in my image. See, people fall into this because if we're honest, if we're completely just transparent, we want other people's approval and love. And I also believe people don't want to let people down. In the church world especially, that's one of the things that I fall short on. When I look in the mirror, I deal with this a lot. I don't really want to let people down when they look at me. I feel like I, I don't want to I don't allow them to experience the hurt. I would rather carry whatever they're going through because I want to just see what God can do with them. And I know it says in Scripture I need to bear some of their weight. But sometimes I trump what God can do because I get in the way of what God's trying to put them in between. I try to play God. Now then you're looking at me going, what? I'm just confessing some things. Hey, listen, I told you at the very beginning I confessed some things about March Madness. I'm just going a little bit deeper now. You see, even this week it's happened, and it tripped me up. But I found myself exploring God's word, and he revealed to me one more time, even though it's already been highlighted like six times in my Bible, it says right in the middle of the word of God. You don't believe me? Go look it up. Psalms 118.8, right smack dab in the center point of the Bible. It says it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. And a lot of us look in that mirror and we trust in that other person or we trust in ourselves way more than we trust in the Lord. And I know there are a lot of people right now that that's who you are. You're like, oh, I've got this. Or he can help me get through this. And you're talking about the person sitting beside you. And you're not even considering who Jesus is. When he said, it is finished. He was talking about a love that can set you free and allow you to understand that he is everything that matters. And that's all that matters. You see, in verse 12, it says, I received my message from no human source from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it directly, direct, by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. 
In the letter, Paul says, I did not receive this from any human source. Other people can't be the source because they are not even a good source to start with. Why would they ever be a good source? You see, we are stuck in this mess that we find ourselves in because we do these things that pull us away from the true source of life. And that can cause us to change our trajectory, our course in life, and it allows us to experience things that God was not about. It allows us to go down the road of death and darkness and things that don't revolve around love. And Jesus wants everything to do with light, illumination, life, breathing, and more importantly, love. Now, the last thing I want you to consider is this. Is Jesus the source? Is Jesus the source? When you ask this question today, what happens? If you wish to stop right now, look in this mirror, or some of you can't see it, but I'm just going to do this. If you really look in this mirror and you ask, is Jesus your source? You're looking in this mirror. Is Jesus your source? Tough question. What do you say? Do you really believe in it? Or is it just a church thing, culture that you were taught because grandma made you go and now you just found a cooler church or the church that sucks less? Somebody like, I don't know if I can still handle all these lights and the, you know, the guitars. And if today was okay, it was just one person, it was good. But Wednesday night was kind of loud. I had to wear some earplugs. You know, you're gauging this wrong. Your metric is off. Is Jesus the source? Do you sit, see it in where you work, live, and play? Do you really listen to Jesus and allow him to be your identity in Christ when you look in that mirror? Or is it just on Sundays where you can put on your Sunday best and fake it all day long until Monday rolls around and you get pulled right back into who you really are? Do you allow others to be the source that can pull you away from what Jesus is asking from you? And some of us even give our wives and husband the, the source, right? How'd that work out for you last week? I've even seen kids pull us away from the true source just from basketball or sports, school. It, it distorts the truth and it, it just pulls us away from the, the, the giving life of love, and it pulls us away, and then it just pulls us even farther. Which destroys us in every single way. In the Gospel of John 10.10, 10, it says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It says, but I have come to give you life, and life to the abundance. Who is your source? When you look into that mirror, can you really say with clarity this morning that you have an abundance of life? that's ready to be poured over to others? If so, that's because Jesus truly is the source. If not, what I would get you to say this morning, at least consider, is something is off-centered. Now see, the Apostle Paul keeps on going, and he mentions this one other thing that, that I know that hinders us more than anything else, and it's one of those things that keeps us from, keeping, from taking those steps forward in life, and, and it's our relationship with Jesus with, with others, 
in our marriage and with our kids and even our best friends. And this is the one I want to close with because this is what I believe. The one thing that keeps us from taking steps forward and really putting Jesus as a source is our past. Is our past. See, Paul addresses this in verse 13 by explaining it this way. In 13, it says this, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. You see, he didn't even try to hide from it. He didn't even try to go like, ah, you know. He's like, you know what I was when I followed the religion. And he says this, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. As bad as you think you have been in your past, have you ever done this? Anyone, come on, raise your hands. Have you just just completely violently persecuted God's church and you did your best to destroy love? Anybody? I don't see anybody's hands. So why are you letting your past define you? You see, in verse 14, it says, I was so, I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in the zeal for my traditions of my ancestors. You see, he was saying, I was bad as I get. I was awesome at my job. And I know this is weird, but I have a bunch of kids, right? We have four of them. I love, I love my wife, right? And so it's one of those moments where, though, I watch like, a lot of kid movies with them. And I think of this guy, this movie called Megamind. Right? Have you ever seen it? You get this big mega mind. And you, you read this guy and you start to get, to get into his character and you start to see him and, you, and he just wants to be bad. He wants to create this bad for the world. He wants to take it over. He even sings other Michael Jackson songs, by the way. I'm bad, right? He, he goes down this world. But even he changed because something entered in his life. He experienced love. And it changed who he was. I know it's a kid movie, but there's a lot of right there. A lot of you just think you're so bad and you can't change. You define your past and you don't even give God a chance. Simply because when you look in the mirror, you're like, ah. I would say, consider the source. Is Jesus my source? I would say this way, if Jesus is my source... My past is not the source of who I really am. In this gospel, it says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, if therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. If Jesus is really your source, what are you worried about? Can we just quit the religion? And acting like we're just trying to cover it all up because... We're worried about what someone else is going to think. Because I guarantee it, it doesn't. When, when you become right before the Father, that doesn't really matter anymore. And other, you're like, well, Jason, you just really don't know my past. And I would say, you're right. I don't, but he does. You can't hide from him. In Genesis, it says they, 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 they basically took some fruit from a tree. He said not to. And Jesus, God already knew. But he still went looking for him. We sing some songs. 
Even this week during our worship moment, reckless love. If you don't know it, go listen to it. It says there's nothing he will not do. Come looking for you. But you got to be looking for the source. Some of you go week after week after week just looking into a mirror and dazed and confused because you don't understand how much God really loves you. You put everything into you. You put everything into others. And you don't trust the source of life. Therefore, you do not have any life to give. Paul continues on in verse 15. It says, but I love big butts in the Bible, by the way, because something's coming. It says, but even before I was born, it says, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace that it is pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news. Did you catch it? He chose me to go share this love that he has for me. And he wanted to just go share this good news to the world about Jesus to the Gentiles. And that's the rest of the world, not the religious guys. Those are the guys who are far from God. Those are the guys who don't fit in. Those are the guys who literally, if we wish to look at our map and how we do maps, we know that there's about 5,000 people on any given Sunday in churches around here and within 15 miles. That means that there's another 25 to 30,000 people that are not engaged completely just out there wandering the streets or at home because they feel like no one cares. Or, they're, they're, or wait a minute, my past is defining me. Or wait a minute, I was, I was high last night. I can't go. I was drunk. I cheated on my wife. I was looking at porn. I mean, and the list goes on. And man, there's a big list, isn't there? Because it is. They don't feel nothing. And Satan's got them right where they want to be. Completely away from him in the life. I just want to share one quick thing as I shut this down. If love really did truly build this. And some of you are like, yeah. I don't know if I believe all this. I just want to share one quick story that became so real to me this week and why this matters. There's a guy who was looking for love. He was looking to see if this stuff was real. He reached out to me a year ago and and he basically, he messed up. He thought I was his dope dealer. And he shared some things and he, He was so embarrassed that he never came back up here. He chose not to. In his ear, he heard, I'm evil. This church is evil. He'll be judged. He will not be cared for. Don't ever go back. The same week, he was trying to figure out this relationship thing because he's divorced. He was looking at a girl, Facebook, Go figure. But he reaches out to this girl online, and and during that process, he notices some things that are really off-centered. Even this guy, as far as he is away from Jesus, he noticed some things that really are off-centered. And he reaches out to her, and he says, hey, listen, on, on your page, it says you worship Satan. 
you praise Lucifer, that this dark area of your life is real. And, and I'm just curious, is this a joke or is, is this real? And she said, yeah, it's absolutely real. That's who I consider my father. He didn't touch her, didn't even want to go on the date, said, I'm done with you, throws his hands up. Lives in misery for the next whole 365 days until this week where he developed some pain, where he developed just a, a heartbreak, and he found himself opening the word of God again. It's amazing how God does that. Some of you have been there. But he turns into his scripture, into Psalms 91, and he starts to read it thoroughly. He starts to investigate it, and all of a sudden, literally, and I kid you not, as he's pouring his heart out to God, he gets a text message. One year to the date, he gets a text message from the girl who worships Satan. And it said, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Yep. Now, in his mind, he's like, why are you texting me? Response, you know, one year to the date. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't know what's going on. Why are you asking me? And literally, she responds this way. Because the person who I worship told me to contact you. Well, I can't say what he really said publicly from the stage. But let's just say he threw the phone across the room and took off running and tried to get into every light that he possibly could. He's trying to contact me. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to find him. I'm going to try to get a hold of him. And I, there's a, one person in this room that saw that moment when that moment took place because he found me in McDonald's parking lot the next day. And he goes, God, where is Jason? Because I know I'm supposed to talk to Jason. And literally he said, go to McDonald's, the golden arches of all places. Guess what? I was standing in the parking lot. And when he pulled up, it was like the Dukes of Hazard, man. And he goes, dude, I got to talk to you because Satan's coming after me. And I was like, whoa. And I pushed the other guy in front of me because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was scared to death, right? But the truth be told, man, there's so many people who are looking for the source of life in Satan, the source. He's a real source that's pulling him so far away. And I know maybe it's you. I share that story because if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, then you really don't believe in the source of life. You're allowing your past to be defined literally by what Satan is trying to trip you up and hold you captivity and hold you in bondage. If you would only just take a step towards him and allow the, the most amazing thing, it says in verse 15, it says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Big words. Marvelous. What would you consider the word marvelous to be like? When you look in that mirror, you better say those words because that's what he sees. You are marvelous. And you are full of grace because I'm giving it to you. But you just got to go share it and receive it and believe in it so it can change the world. Today, as I just shared those things of who are you trusting in, when you look in the mirror, are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in others? Or is truly the source of your life Jesus? Which one is it? Which one, which one really pricks your heart? Which one is it? It's one of the three. I don't know which one. Are you letting your past define you? 
Are you truly allowing God to move you? What is it? I can say this. When the source is Jesus, get ready. Love builds something special. It builds things that we can't ever begin to fathom or take the credit for. Because that's what a Jesus story looks like when we see changed lives that change lives. Look intently in that mirror. You talk to God. We're going to sing a song, and I just pray you respond in a way that literally allows life change to happen. Jesus, I thank you today for what you're doing and how you're doing it. God, I know there's people even in here that have to make a decision. They have to make a choice. Is Jesus the center of my life? Is he the true source of life for me? Or am I the source? Is that other person, do I, do I lean into that other person because they're really spiritual? Lord, do, do I even have a pulse in you? Or am I spiritually dead? God, I, I don't know where people are at. I know sometimes we allow to look in that mirror and we let the past define us. But when you see our image and our reflection, you say, you're marvelous. You're beautiful. I just pray that over our friends and family and those who are listening online as they just lean in. They know that. They trust that. And they receive that today. Father, that's my prayer. In your name.